I mean, I could talk about food, but obviously you don't want to hear about it, so. <laughs> I was going to say, What's like, What's the that... fucking point of side quests now? <laughs> well, that was going to be what I was going to address. We might almost need to talk more about video games. <laughs> we already talk about video games. It's yeah, not really much of a side things. quest. There, there are other things that we could, you know, it's not necessarily relevant to talk about if I start playing Shining Force, but... All right, we'll all start exercising and we'll talk about that <laughs> there you go i've been going on like a 30 minute walk every day i went yeah. on a very long walk saturday with erica that's good the sad walked... thing is go ahead you first i'll say the sad thing is that a 30 minute walk for me puts my heart rate where it needs to be for like an actual cardio cardio exercise uh, so yeah, that's, that's why I'm going on walks. <laughs> so maybe someday it won't raise my heart rate that much. And then I know that I'm at least not that out of shape. <laughs> yeah. It's problematic. Yeah. Also, John, don't feel the, you know, I don't think you need to address anything if you don't want to, but. No, I think I need you. to, I feel like I want to. Okay. That's fine. I didn't. I didn't want you to feel like you had to because of the fact that maybe we won't be trying all of the new pop flavors and everything yeah. that come out. No, I mean, the side quests are going to have to take... We're going to have to go in a different direction with them because, uh, yes. yeah, clearly the previous direction didn't work out so hot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so listeners, I was recently diagnosed as type 2 diabetic and that kind of sucks for side quests because we used to focus on drinking all kinds of pops and eating all kinds of crap and I can't really do that anymore so unless they're making sugar free versions of everything moving forward I'm kind of not drinking pop for an extended period of time if not for the rest of my life I don't know um, well, there was like Starlight Zero, but are you are you like me and like I shouldn't drink any pop anyway, so that I don't have the temptation. No, I in mean my life? the problem with the the problem I have specifically with like the artificial sweeteners and zero like zero versions of everything is I just don't like the way they taste. Well, the so good I, news I'd is I'd be giving you an opinion that's like, uh, yeah, this could be good, but it's not. It's you know, if what it I mean? had like, sugar in it, this would I, be great with high fructose corn syrup. See, but I think you're going to get to a point where you're having sugar so infrequently that even the zero sugar stuff will be like, yeah, I can do this. You know? You might get there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to expect or, like, what to do still necessarily. I kind of, like, did the I did the wrong thing when I was told that I have diabetes and, like, I just kind of was like, all right, well... I'm just going to not read anything and I'm going to just eat hurrah. less. Yeah, just <laughs> eat less stuff and uh drink less pop. But I cut off pop completely as soon as I was told and then I just started eating better, so to speak, I guess. I don't I don't know, but I I don't know, man. It's a it's a, a definite like mental gymnastic at this point where I'm, I just don't quite know how to feel. And I feel like I'm mad at myself, but I'm not mad at myself because like, I just like eating food. I like the way everything tastes and, uh, I like the way food smells and I like the way it feels. I like that, that mouth feel 
what was our uh poor mouthfeel or something like that i don't remember yeah what. i can't remember <laughs> sad, <laughs> something like that sad mouthfeel <laughs> I don't know. That's what it is now, I think. <laughs> sad it is mouth a sad mouthfeel. Everything yeah. is a sad mouthfeel. But it's it's well, crazy because like I spent the last week after the diagnosis like picking and choosing things to eat that like weren't terrible for me, were low sodium and low carb and like low you know just taking it easy. And like today, I forgot to pack a lunch for work. And I was like, well, what can I get? And I, it, so it's, I was like, Q- Qdoba probably has something. I know like Chipotle has like a whole 30 bowl that's like not terrible for you. And uh, it actually tastes pretty good. I had it. They put a lot of guacamole on it and it didn't raise my mm. numbers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I ended up getting this like double protein bowl or something from Qdoba. And I only ate like half of it because I like I got through half of it and I was just like, I don't even want the rest of this like now. I don't know. It's it's weird. I cooked dinner tonight, and it was like one of the worst things I feel like I've ever cooked in my life. But I still ate it because I was like, it's got chicken and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes in it, so it's got to be good for me, like to some extent. And I didn't like over season it or anything. And but I I was just like, this is so boring. Like it's just there's no there's no fat. Fat is flavor. Like that's what's so great about food is the balance of fat and acid and salty and sweet and all of those combinations well and i feel like when you when you get down to a point where things are more in balance anyway you'll be able to start reintroducing a little bit but it's certainly like we've talked previously about our pop issues and drinking too much pop having that self-control of not being like yeah i'll have another slice of pizza or something like that is very hard it's not like that's the For thing me, is like at least. I I don't remember if, or I said it yesterday when you guys stopped over but I was like I was like if somebody just told me like you could only have one slice of pizza like if the doctor or the dietitian was like you can have one slice that's it I'd be like all right cool like I just I know like okay I can have a slice of pizza mm-hmm. and I would eat that slice of pizza and I would enjoy every fucking morsel of it and then I would go and eat like a, an entire thing of broccoli or whatever to like fill out the rest of my stomach but like I th- to to have to figure out like what I can eat and how much of it I can have, and then to like carb count and calorie count and like track everything, it's just like it's just overload, man. And it, you know, I, I had a doctor's appointment today, and I was just, and they were just like, they're like, oh, you're doing great, your numbers look good, and blah blah blah, and yada yada. And I'm just like, yeah, this sucks though. Like, <laughs> my quality like, of life has gone to the toilet. Like, this is all very overwhelming. Like, every aspect of this is overwhelming. And I, it makes me shut down and not want to, it's like I don't even want to eat. Like, I didn't even really need to make dinner tonight. I just felt like I should make dinner so Megan had something to eat when she gets home. But, well, that's the other problem is then if you don't eat anything, your body's like, "Uh, what are you doing? And then it just raises your levels anyway, right? Yeah, something like that. And I had a spike this morning because, uh, when you are stressed or anxious, it causes a glucose spike. Cool. And it's a Monday, and I usually get stressed and anxious on Mondays because of work. So, yeah, no, I it's it's a bummer because I really enjoy food, and I like talking about food, and I feel like I can't 
you can't talk about health. Like there's no way to talk about healthy food in like a fun manner. It's not possible. <laughs> I mean, to the right audience, but not our audience. No, but that's the thing is like, I, I watched like binging with Babish and Joshua Weissman and like all of these, like do like, I think the, the Ma- most Maddie Matheson's recipes, <laughs> like the, the healthiest, Matheson, the healthiest YouTuber, like, yeah chef that i watch is like um ethan chablowski i don't know if you're familiar with him probably not but i watch a lot of his videos and i like his stuff because he goes into the science of things i think he used to be a heavier dude and got into shape like through science of food and stuff like that but he's like really into it and he he's got good videos but i feel like a lot of the videos they're either poorly produced or like the personality of the host is terrible so like there's no connection and so it's just hard to like watch any of that stuff and become like, uh, you know, inspired to like do any, make any of the cool stuff. Like, yeah, of course I watch like Joshua Weissman's videos and I want to like, I want to make, uh, you know, he goes and does what he calls like his butt better series where he does like a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich, but better. And then he yeah. like makes, he makes his version of those things. And it's like, yeah, like I want to do that. That sounds awesome. Go make a spicy chicken sandwich. But can't have a spicy chicken sandwich now like you know and nobody no i just feel like nobody makes good videos for healthy food because healthy food's boring it's not fun you can't put a ton of butter on it i want to watch maddie matheson make a healthy meal like it's not possible <laughs> it just wouldn't it wouldn't work it would it would be him and he'd just be like oh okay i'm just gonna drink some water that's it we're gonna boil some water get all the impurities I, out I of it and then like- we're gonna drink it one of the things I enjoy about his videos is how much he literally enjoys his own food when he makes it. And he'd like make something super healthy and then he'd go on and you'd be like, yeah, that's a salad. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But, or like he know. makes his, he made his lasagna that like will get you laid. You know, it's so, if the <laughs> yeah. lasagna is so good, it'll get you laid. Like that's, you know, I want to eat that lasagna. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope, a couple of things. I hope anybody listening to this uh, maybe hears this and thinks, hmm, maybe I should find out where I'm at in terms of my blood glucose levels and if I'm healthy in that manner. Not to ruin people's lives because it makes things difficult, but because hopefully it will help you live longer. But Yeah, I mean, nothing ruins a life more than uh, sudden death. True, yeah, that's the ultimate ruining of life. Um, or, you know, in millennial humor, uh, it could also be just the sweet release of death, depending on how your life is going. But anyway. I that's also grim. hope, yeah, that, well, that's what it is. That's how, there's a shared bond in millennials that are just kind of like, this isn't that great, right? Um, but anyway. Um, I think, John, at some point, like, I hope you continue to learn about it. I know it's grim right now, and it sucks because you enjoy food a lot. And it's hard because the world isn't tuned to the needs of people that have diabetes in a lot of ways. Um, but I think eventually at some point you'll get to a point where you can have a meal of something you would really enjoy. And that needs to be like the reward rather than like, Oh, you know, I'm going to eat something that I love every night, which is kind of like, it sucks, 
but that's probably like the way that healthy people actually function. <laughs> it's the weird thing. Yeah. You know? It's like a no, full recalibration. I, yeah, I don't want this to be like John's pity party or anything like I did this to myself, like I realized that. You well, know? that's good. I forgot the party favors. So, okay. It's a relief. <laughs> but um yeah, I just uh it definitely makes you think about everything else. And and that's the the all of the changes are hard because I just think about everything else I've got going on in my life and it's like I don't have time for the any of this. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to deal with any of this shit. I don't have time to deal with having diabetes, but I have to. I'm forced to. You know, it the amount of like of the amount of time like space. I went to the I had to go to the doctor today. It took up 2 hours of the middle of my day and when I should be at work working, you know. And like I got I have another doctor's appointment on Wednesday and then I got to check back in a month or whatever. I don't either it's I'll probably have to go back every other week or some shit until they <laughs> things numbers look better or whatever. It's just everything's inconvenient. Life just keeps getting harder and it sucks. New slogan, life is inconvenient. Side quest slogan. Well, you've just started your Elden Elden Ring life version. <laughs> this is the hard mode. Yeah, new game you only plus. Get rune, you yep. only get runes from foods that don't have carbs in them. Now just get on your steed and ride around all this bullshit. <laughs> I wish. Well, on that note, uh, I don't know. I can talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> they have a new album out. Is it good? April 1st. Uh, it's great. I think it's great. I'm really enjoying it. They're a guitarist of, uh, you know, John Frusciante, who joined the band in like 88 or something made mother's milk and blood sugar sex magic with them and then left and then came back in like 98 and made um californication and by the way and stadium arcadium and then left he's come back again who knows for how long but he's made another album with them and uh he's in my opinion was very sorely missed on the previous two albums that came out without him so, so it, it's, it's safe to say the albums with him are generally better. I think so. You know, like the thing is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, when John Frusciante is with them, that band has, I think, three of the best musicians at their at their particular instrument of all time. Chad Smith is an incredible drummer. John Frusciante is an incredible guitarist. Flea is an incredible bassist. And Anthony Kiedis is Anthony Kiedis. He's the best <laughs> Kiedis that there's ever been. <laughs> but but he's Anthony Kiedis. I, I'm like he's I, to me he's the weak link. And his singing has gotten way better than it was back in the fucking day. You he, go back and listen to fucking Uplift Mofo he, Party Plan. Or he something. is the weakest musical link, so to speak. But the band would not sound like they wouldn't. They just wouldn't sound right without him. I feel like it's no, true. Yeah, it's true. And the energy that they all bring together, the camaraderie, like that band is very much like the soul of the band is him and Flea. But I think when John is with them, like I said, it's three of the greatest musicians in their fields of all time making music together and it's incredible. And so like 
You know, I think, in my opinion, the the like since John joined the band in '88, there's been I think three total albums without him. One of them's One Hot Minute, which was made with Dave Navarro, which is also weird because Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers for an album. Um, and there's some good songs on there, but I almost mm-hmm. never listen to that album. It doesn't and, uh, sound like Chili Peppers, really, to me. It's a very different flavor of the Chili Peppers, you know? Like, it's not, like, that guitar playing is just extremely different. Dave, Dave Navarro is a good guitar player, too. It's not like, you know, he's not. But uh, And then Josh Klinghoffer was on the last two, which were called um, I'm With You and The Getaway. And there's some songs that I very much like on those, but it, it does, to me, feel like something's missing. And so I'm happy John's back with the band. I have tickets to see them at Comerica Park in September, I think. And so I'm excited to see them again. And, um, you know, the the new album's called Unlimited Love. I think there's something in it for all kinds of Chili Peppers fans because there's stuff that feels like it's from the 80s and there's stuff that feels like it's very new. Um, so whatever your favorite album of the Chili Peppers is, as long as it's one with John Frusciante, there's probably something that you enjoy on the new one. And, um, and I think people should check it out because it's, it's quite good. It's made me want to pull my bass out and learn some of the songs, which is more than I can say about the previous two. Didn't even know you had one. Yeah. Off to give yeah. it a listen. I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan, but I, I saw them live that one time, and they were better than the Mars Volta. So... <laughs> Hmm. Well, a fucking vacuum would have been better than the Mars Volta that day. Like, oh, God. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> which is disappointing to say because the Mars Volta is fucking incredible, too. But then. Also, vac- vacuums are great at sucking. So <laughs> I'm not sure what the analogy is here. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was. Maybe the vacuum was turned from suck to blow that day. I don't know. But. Microphone um, is on. <laughs> the. The weird, but I, we I think we've talked about the Mars Volta before on a side quest, but like I feel like at some point they they weren't good anymore. No, you know? no, they were I don't cool. Think- the first two albums were dope, and then they just kind of went off the deep end, and I was just, I lost the interest completely. Like fucking Amputecture is like the Dark Souls three of their discography. It's like you <laughs> loved the first two so much that you're like I have to love the third one. Like it, it mm-hmm. that's I think I forced analogy. myself to like it, and then there's no way I'd want to listen to it now. No, there's nothing like it's just noise at some point. I, to me, the only one that holds up is Deloused, and that's about it. I like Deloused, and I like parts of Francis, but I like anything after that. I can't even like. I don't know. Maybe if I was a fifth dimensional being, I would enjoy and appreciate th- that album more. But I like a weird some uh, pretty whacked out shit. And it just, yeah, they kind of just went off the deep end, and it just sounds like, I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure when when we saw them, John, I mean, that would have been 2006-ish. Francis the Mute came out in 2005. So they were headed into Amputecture at that point, you know? (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, I was excited to see them play stuff from Francis, and they played, like two songs from Francis the Mute, but they played them in a manner in which they were unrecognizable and it was 50 <laughs> minutes long and it just yes. made me want to stab my ear with the, with the fucking uh, soldering iron, you know? Like, not good. 
man, like, and and then and then for Cedric, uh, to to be standing there and yelling at people to stand up and like rock out and have a good time, and everybody is standing around like, who the fuck is this band? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're opening for the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers after By the Way came out. Like, yeah, what do like you nobody expecting? knew who they were. Like, yeah. This seem like two different kinds of fans. You you don't you don't put I don't you, know you don't put the Mars Volta in a stadium tour like that just doesn't work like they belong in like they belong at like maybe like Fillmore sized venues you know like those those like yeah. old yeah. old fashioned theater sized venues Royal Oak uh, Music Theater yeah something like that but not not a stadium like no you way. know what. I think if they were like at all concerned about the theatricality or performance of their music, they would probably throw a fucking awesome stadium show. The same way that like I've gone to see Muse at the Joe Lewis and it was fucking incredible because they care about that stuff. Yeah, like Mars Volta clearly. Well, that's the thing is you can't as an you'd have to headline for one. You can't have that kind of setup as an opener. So like they would be forced to headline because I like. I saw Nine Inch Nails live once, and that was incredible. Like it was one of the mm. coolest shows I've ever seen. Same. Like they, I it, he had I, they were playing stuff off the Ghosts albums, which are like the the instrumental ones, and he had like four layers of LED strips like hanging down in the stage, and he was creating like layered backgrounds. It was like watching the old uh, Disney animations of like the the way they did with the the glass pane like sort of yeah, shit like the background moving yeah behind the, but it was yeah. done with led lights in a live setting it was incredible That's uh, awesome. brian and i saw tool in in planet hollywood in vegas and just the fact that they took over the entire like arena like theater that we were in with video projections at one point was just incredible like i mean that sort of stuff is is awesome but you can't do that as an opener so like mars volta like you would I don't, would they even sell they wouldn't sell they wouldn't be able to sell out a stadium there's no way i just don't think not now <laughs> maybe if their third album was better they would have been able to but like i don't yeah. i don't know like if, i i don't know what happened and i'd be curious to like see if the information's out there or if somebody knows and is willing to talk about it but to me it feels like deloused was like a very commercial we're going to have this many songs we're going to let them go a little long. We'll let you go longer than most of the radio songs, but you're going to have a bunch of songs and you put it out there. And then Francis the Mute, they're like, all right, half of this is a CD. The other half of this is like a fucking orchestral arrangement of like it's seven different parts and check that out. It's cool to like play around with things, right? But then I feel like by the third album, I don't know if the like... A&R people were just like, I don't fucking understand the people buying these albums, but they continue buying these albums, so I'm just going to let them do their thing, and hopefully people will buy this one. Like, it, it feels like gradually they gained some amount of, like, control over what they were doing. Not that, like, DeLoust is not what they wanted to be doing, but... It's it's just one of those things where it's it, fe- I mean, they, it, it they feels had, like they had controlled from the get go because that's why they split off from uh what's from it Sparta right no, well or what was at the drive at the drive in yeah, 
Like that well, was the reason they broke off was because the guys in Sparta wanted to go more mainstream and the guys in Mars Volta wanted to go less mainstream and more and do their own thing. So that's why the band split into those two entities. Yeah, but I'm speaking more of like a, and I guess I can look at this and see if I can figure it out. Like, did Which they I still, have... I still think Sparta's Wiretap Scars is an amazing album. As, as a cohesive work of music, it is awesome from start to finish. I never really bought into Sparta that much for some reason. And I think some of it is, is Jim Ward the singer? Yeah. I just didn't really like his voice all that much, but maybe I should give it another chance. I think the production um, on that album is also very good too. Like Holy shit, there's three albums after Amputecture. That's incredible. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they're albums, like they might just be like fucking vacuums. Victrola tubes that they put out. I think I listened to the one after it and I liked it more than Amputecture, but not enough to Goliath. want to buy more albums. Yeah, you know what, now that I look at the name, I probably listened to the Bedlam and Goliath at least once, but I clearly didn't remember that it existed. It was not a Goliath. (laughs) In your eyes. No, you know what? Okay, okay, let's see. Francis the Mute. Okay, yep, yep, yep. D-Loust was produced with Rick Rubin, longtime Chili Peppers, and mm. also many, many other great musical acts. Well, yeah, producer, and didn't Flea play bass on that whole album, too, didn't he? I think Flea played bass on a bunch of it. John probably played fucking guitar. So that was that, that album was produced by Rick Rubin. Francis the Mute, producer, is Omar Rodriguez Lopez. And then Amputexture, producer, is Omar Rodriguez Lopez. And Bedlam and Goliath. Omar and Octahedron Omar and Nocturnicit Omar. So that's why DeLoust is good because they let a producer come in and say, hey, you should try things different ways. Yeah, they they had somebody kind of reel them in a little bit. It's the whole like George Lucas needed a writing partner for the prequels kind of thing. Yeah, man, a good producer can make a world of difference. Yeah. And I, I th- honestly, I feel like, you know, the way that the Chili Peppers talk about Rick Rubin, a lot of their shit would not end up in the same way if he wasn't there to kind of like listen with his ear and be like, hey, you need to try something. They had Danger Mouse was the producer on their previous record with um, mm. Josh Klinghoffer, and it's not quite there. And it's just there's Rick Rubin's got like a fucking gold. He's got a touch of gold or something like that, but he's one of the most notorious producers of all time. Yeah, I mean, dude, a, dude has done some serious shit. Golden eardrums. Yes. Well, he, and he came up in like the hip hop. Yeah, uh, yeah, scene, with the right? uh, Beastie Boys. Yeah. So you know. That's, I think, I've put my finger on why why I started to disconnect with the Mars Volta. <laughs> and it starts and begins with Rick Rubin, I think. But, yeah. Chili Peppers. Unlimited Love. Check it out. It's good. Not like they're an indie band. They don't really need my help. I'm not much help to them anyway. But, How much are they paying you? Uh, they They... Gave me a free version of the CD to download with my vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they gave me. 
Um, but no, it's good. I enjoy it. And it very much feels like the chili peppers that I came to love in uh, the early aughts. So. Cool. I'll have to give it a, a listen. I'd be curious of your thoughts. Maybe we'll talk about music more than we talk about food now. We all like music, right? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Maybe this is maybe this is the start of the of of the music show and it'll just be like we'll have a little homework or something. Somebody picks an album each week. Yeah. That'd be fun. Just we could just split it off into its own podcast even. Or if people have albums they want us to listen to and talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm down for that. If you pay us $50, we will listen to The Bedlam and Goliath and talk about it critically in very amateurish I think ways. it's in my iTunes library. That's good. I'm just kidding. Don't make me listen to that again. <laughs> Let me see. I'm morbidly curious about the two that came after it, I guess, at this point, but not that morbidly curious. So... Yes, I did in fact fall off entirely after that album. Never heard the other two. That's good. It's another 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 band that oh, no. I fell off of. What? I lied. Oh, you've got octahedron? I have octahedron. <laughs> there you go. And uh, the, the Scab Dates, which is the live album. I couldn't even get through like a song or two. It sounded fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what they sounded like live, apparently. Um, I don't think I've heard any Coheed and Cambria past Good Apollo 2. No. Yeah. Past Good Apollo 2? Yeah. I I listened to, I can't remember, the two albums that have like the elephant character on the cover. They're, it's like a set. Well, yeah, all of their albums are a fucking set. Who am I kidding? <laughs> um, uh, those albums are good, but they, even, well, it's like, it's them, it's like Between the Buried and Me, all these bands like had these solid, like, uh, first few albums and then they just they just kind of lost their shit they like yeah. they like they just got too into themselves yep uh the afterman is that what you listen to ascension and descension maybe that yeah that sounds right you're the black rainbow is the first one after good apollo 2 and i i don't think i know anything off of it yeah the afterman those those two albums I listened to those were pretty good. Year of the Black Rainbow I didn't listen to. Um The, the Color Before the Sun in twenty fifteen. Oh, and then they're back to Vaxus Act One, The Unheavenly Creatures twenty eighteen, and Vaxus Act Two, A Window of the Waking Mind in twenty twenty two. It's coming out May twenty seventh. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't. There, if you go, I'm I'm looking at their um, YouTube music page specifically, mm-hmm. and I can see all the album artwork. The album artwork is so sweet. Like mm-hmm. they have some of the coolest artwork ever. Um, also the Jesse's Girl Two song that they did with Rick Springfield was awesome. 
It is very good. I um, did enjoy that very much. Yeah, Co- Coheed's still sweet. I I like one of the things I wish we shouldn't. We're not going to get in. We should talk about Coheed next time. All right, yeah, say that next, for time, next time. Yeah, next we'll time get in, we'll get in, next time we're going to talk about Coheed and Cambria, and we're going to talk about how yeah how we feel about should them. we should we listen to something? Is there something in particular? Let's that you let's think? catch let's just catch up on them. Let's listen like you to should. the other things that we haven't heard of theirs. Or give and me a homework assignment because I'm I have not listened to that much. You haven't. Okay, you should listen you should, to. You should start start from. Uh, no, do you start from the? It's, I think he starts from in keeping secrets because second stage is good, but I don't think it's as good as in keeping secrets. Let's it's see not what as, I have. It's not as prog as in keeping secrets because second stage came out and every. Oh, we're getting into we're getting into it. Yeah, yeah, we got, we're, we're burning pod here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Coheed and Cambria next side quest. So Brian, uh, Brian started in keeping secrets of silent earth three and then keep going as far as you can, as you can stand, I guess. Do, I do not listen to second stage turbine blade. You will not like it. Oh, uh, that's I, in I my think, library. I think you're going to have a hard time <laughs> listening to some of in keeping secrets too, but I have that one. Um, that's yeah, That's a good and album. good Apollo. I'm burning star. Four volume something. Oh, it's too long. I can't even read volume the whole thing. One from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Oh God! There's got to be like a random Coheed album. As someone who is into prog rock, how can you even scoff at any of this? Like, <laughs> give me a break, dude. Go listen to some Porcupine Tree. Yeah, Porcupine <laughs> Tree is better. Arguably, they're good. They're both very good. I'm just gonna say that. So, anyways, Coheed and Cambria next time on the side quest. Uh, Go get your heart and blood checked, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.